Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. Getting into some more Sean Payton watch talk. He actually visited with the Arizona Cardinals. He is visiting with the Arizona Cardinals as far as we know right now. And also get into a little bit of senior bowl talk. But Jeff, we do have a player out of the Sean Payton race now with the Carolina Panthers naming a head coach. Yeah, the Panthers hired Frank Reich, which I think they should have hired Steve Wilkes personally. But, you know, apparently he didn't do enough. And when you get fired as a white guy, you get second chances in the NFL. And we've seen that here. We've seen that elsewhere. But but first things first, I do have a I do have a rant I want to go off on, and it's gonna preempt the Sean Payton stuff. And it's that it's mainly just kind of a programming thing here. So what I need people to understand about this podcast is it is a recorded podcast that is for free on the internet. It is not our full time jobs. We do this because we like it and we like you guys. And we're trying to provide content. All that said, I sit here and I ask for reviews and feedback and all this and that. And we never get any. And that's fine. I'm not mad about it. But today, I look at our reviews and we have a one-star review on there. And it kind of pissed me off. The reason is that we didn't talk about Pete Carmichael in our Friday episode. Now, again, keep in mind, this is not our full-time job. So sometimes scheduling is difficult. And that's what happened last week. So we had to record that episode on Wednesday, but we also posted an episode on Wednesday. So I didn't want to post it on Thursday because I wanted to give people the maximum amount of time to listen to the Wednesday episode before I threw another one at them. So we posted it on Friday. Now, wouldn't you know it, on Thursday, the news breaks that Saints aren't firing Pete Carmichael. So what do we do? Do we... Do we just throw that episode in the trash? Do we record an emergency episode? 
No, because we have jobs and we don't have time. So we post that episode on Friday and we come back on Monday and we talk about P. Carmichael for a half an hour. But hey, we now have a one-star review because some entitled person thought that they deserve that, that rant immediately and not two days later on the podcast they get for free. So all that is to say, I don't like that guy, whoever it is. Because <laughs> I work pretty hard on this. And it bothers me that we now have a one-star review for something that's stupid. Anyway, that's it. That's my rant. I appreciate everyone who listens. It's also not a good reason for a one-star review, guys. Like, if you're going to give me a one-star review, I better have earned it. I've said some pretty ridiculous shit on this podcast. And you could come at me with a one-star review saying, oh, you didn't talk about Pete Carmichael fast enough. When this was an episode, bear in mind, it was a 70-minute episode where we break down the entire upcoming free agent class. And like it took a good amount of time to kind of get that all together and record a podcast and then edit the podcast and then produce the podcast. And then anyway, they, they don't want to hear that. They just want. The no, no. I'm probably going to get now. more one star reviews from this rant. Oh, you um, know but it. You're welcome. To I do appreciate y'all for, for listening. And, and if I again and I say this all the time and no one ever does it. DMs are open on Twitter. My email account is jeffrey.noak at odyssey.com. My Comments on YouTube. I check them every day. If we didn't talk about something, if you want content, let me know. Like, I love feedback. I love criticism. What I don't love is one-star reviews that never go away because some idiot doesn't realize that I couldn't just magically put content into a podcast that was already recorded. Anyway, moving on. I'm the it's worst. I know, I'm the worst. It's record. It is. <laughs> oh, guys, guys, guys. I, I don't have a lot going on. Anyway, changing course. Let us talk about Sean Payton. So it does feel like we are getting very, very close to Sean Payton's not coaching anywhere in 2023. And people are going to ask, what changed? And I'm not sure anything did. I think maybe there was there was a point where we all kind of fooled ourselves into thinking that all these teams that have head coach openings are going to bend over backwards to hire Sean, jump through every hoop imaginable, trade whatever they have to trade, pay him whatever he wants. And then you get to the point where they're doing interviews and it just doesn't seem like that's the case. And I don't think that it has anything to do with like how the interviews went. I just think it's just the reality of what you can expect teams to, to go through to hire a coach in the moment um, when the alternative is, okay, we're going to cede complete control of, of, of player development, of, of decision-making. He wants his GM to, to do his bidding and, and he wants to have all of this control and he also wants to make 20 million and we're going to have to give up a first round pick to get him. And it's like, I, I thought all along that it was like weird to me that everyone was so confident that was going to happen, but I drank the Kool-Aid. Um, but I think now we're kind of getting to the point where it just doesn't seem like it's going to make sense for for a team like the Broncos, for a team like the Cardinals. Now, the interesting thing is if the Broncos do hire D'Amico Ryans, does that kind of reopen the door for the Texans? Right. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just don't, I, don't, I have a hard time seeing him landing anywhere this offseason, uh, the way things are currently. No, to, to me, the Texans are, are really attractive for both ends in the fact that with, the organization you need that really clean fresh start that sean's gonna bring in and that you want him to bring in with that organization after they just went through with the whole deshaun watson saga and i think they have the proper compensation that i think could be worked out 
reasonably for both sides to, to come out ahead on this. Um, and I think to really work out as a, as a, a, a realistic trade, the Denver one, I, I just don't know about them having to give up so much draft capital after just sacrificing so much with the Russell Wilson trade. That to me was always a big issue and I'm, I'm waiting and really interested to see what happens still with Arizona. He's, you know, that got pushed back a little bit, but his meeting with the cards and for me, for me, it comes down to does, does Sean really want to work with Kyler Murray? And I know everyone goes to that clip of him on the Colin, Colin Cowherd show talking about him as a, as a quarterback, but you know, the work ethic, the, the issues that have popped up, I think since then kind of throw up a big red flag for me. If I'm a head coach going into that situation, no matter who you are. See, I disagree with that. I don't think that this is coming down to whether Sean wants to coach a team or not. Like, that's my point is I think that's the mistake we made as we went into this and we were like, well, where does Sean want to be? And in reality, I'm just not sure that these teams are willing to jump through the hoops and over the hurdles for what it would take to hire Sean. So like, who knows no, whether Sean would coach Kyler Murray. I don't think it's going to get to that point because if it was, then you would have already gotten to the point where you're establishing compensation and you haven't. If it was a question of whether Sean wants to coach a team, you would be going through second interviews. Sean's not turning down second interviews. They're not happening. Like the Panthers didn't ask Sean for a second interview. They went and hired Frank Reich. Right, like Denver is giving second interviews with guys, and, well, and one of them is not Sean Payton. With that? He he supposedly was getting a rescheduled second interview with Denver, and that suddenly went off the table. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not in tune with that process out in Denver, <laughs> right. but yeah, I, and I don't know. I, like I think there's a there's a gap between the perceived need for Sean Payton and the actual need for Sean Payton, as it's seen by the teams that have the openings. Now they could be making a terrible mistake. And saying, well, we don't think we need to go the whole nine yards and trade for him and pay him and do all this. And we trust that we can bring somebody in and they can turn around Russell Wilson and they can kind of reestablish Kyler Murray as the guy we saw as a rookie. And and we can draft a Bryce Young and mold him into the starter of the future and, and this and that. And if that's true, great. If it's not, then you missed an opportunity to have an established head coach with a, with, a, with a much clearer vision of how you can be a competitive roster and get to a Super Bowl and get to the playoffs and whatnot. And that's going to be the question, but it, it's really not a matter of whether it's true or not, it's whether they believe it, because if they don't hire him and they don't want to hire him, then the Saints are out in the cold one way or another. Um, and so that's why from a Saints perspective, I think you kind of just have to start looking at, hmm, who's going to be there at number 40? <laughs> because... I think that's that's what you're going to end up with this season. Maybe next year that changes. I just I don't see it changing this year. I really don't. Yeah, I mean the fact that you, Carolina bowed out isn't a huge blow to me. I never thought there was re a real true chance of Sean going into the into the NFC South. There was just too much that would that would hurt with that. Just from his coaching legacy as a whole in New Orleans. And just having the fact that that you had to see him twice a year, every year, I, I didn't like that one bit. So I, I don't have a problem, obviously, missing out on that opportunity, quote unquote. But 
what hurts is obviously this year you don't get any compensation and we're gonna we're still talking about this for another year passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, the one thing that I think is an interesting question is like there's this kind of standing idea that okay, if it doesn't happen this year, the compensation will go down. And Sean said that. But I'm not sure why that like I don't know yeah. if that's true, right? Because one way or another, next year you're gonna be in the same boat. Sure, he has one fewer year left in his contract, but if you're trading for him, you're gonna extend him anyway, and he's gonna to wanna to make more money, so he's gonna to wanna to renegotiate it. So how would that actually change? Because if you need a head coach next year, you're not gonna just wait out the contract, right? So I don't know how true that is. I do think that was kind of some gamesmanship on Sean's part, yeah, trying absolutely. to add some fuel to some of these teams, right? Like to... I, I don't I don't know. And I don't know how much of it is the Saints asking too much, but like I don't think it got to that point where they were actually negotiating for assets. So how could it be that? No, I definitely I mean, to me, Sean was amazing in that interview, just throwing out little nuggets out the boat, like constantly um, you know, mentioning draft compensation, a mid to late round first pit, you know, first round draft yeah. pick, and then that whole little well, I don't I don't know. I think compensation would be uh, less going into next year was just that little, that little parting kind of comment. And yeah, can really, I guess kind of, you wonder if he knew ahead of time that there was, there wasn't anything going to happen this year. I I don't know. Like, you know, hinting the fact that this is going to happen another year and it's the, the, a team won't have to give up as much for me then for whatever reason, uh, but I still, I don't under, understand any why, rationale that would be the case just because there'd be one less year left on his current deal with the Saints. So you think he's playing 3D chess and he always knew he wasn't going right, to go maybe. anywhere and he's yeah. just setting up yeah. this stage where everyone's going to be like, no, he can't get as much. So he's not going. I, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's start, I started to think of that craziness, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think Sean's a smart guy. I don't think he's that, I don't even know if, if smart would be the word like sociopathic. It would be a better word if that was the case. Um, But yeah, so like I think from a Saints perspective, you have to operate because we're going to talk a lot about the senior bowl. And and the reason I say this is because you have to start your offseason. You have to start scouting players. You have to start making plans for what you're going to do. And you can't bank on this 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 return in a trade anymore. Like if something comes comes in at the 11th hour and suddenly you add assets, great. But I think from the Saints perspective, you have to go forward not expecting to get back anything in this trade because you're going to go out to the senior bowl four days from now and you're going to have to scout players. You're going to have to figure out who you're going to focus on. And, 
you know, one of the interesting things that Mickey said when I asked him about kind of like how to, does that change your scouting is it doesn't. You're still going to scout all the players the same way you would, but it's going to affect the players you bring into the building. You can have 30 visits from, from prospects. And so you're, are you going to bring in CJ Stroud? No. Right? Are you going to bring in Bryce Young? No. You know, because if you're in the middle of the first round, you might be able to trade up. You're not trading into the first round all the way to, to the top 10. So like there's a lot of prospects that you do not have a chance at. So that kind of changes that. But it doesn't change how you're going to scout people from an organic perspective because, and I think it's a good point, is four years from now, five years from now, some of these players are going to be up for free agency. And if you had a good grade on them now, odds are you're going to have a good grade on them then. And you might bring those guys in. And you see that for the Saints. Like they, they do that in their scouting a good bit of the time. Um, so that's going to be something you look at this week as you go out to the Senior Bowl and you, and you try to figure that out. The bigger question to me, though, is do you lose both of your defensive coordinators? <laughs> because sure. both Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen have interviewed with two different teams. Ryan Nielsen is the Falcons and the Vikings, both offensive head coaches. Chris Richard is the Panthers and the Dolphins. Now, I don't know how his status as a, as a candidate would hold up with Frank Reich now the head coach, because I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't know why they interviewed a defensive coordinator candidate prior to hiring a head coach anyway, but I do know that Mike McDaniel down with the Dolphins would really benefit from kind of a home run hire as a defensive coordinator. And I think that Chris Richard would qualify as a home run hire as a defensive coordinator. It's an interesting situation because, and the reason I say they're all offensive head coaches is you as a defensive coordinator working with an offensive head coach, you are essentially the defensive head coach, right? Like if you want to look at it that way, it's the same way that DA ended up being a head coach candidate for the saints by sheer virtue of leading a very good defense, but you would never have considered Pete Carmichael as a serious candidate to succeed Sean Payton or even be a head coach candidate, right? And so now if you're Chris Richard and you're Ryan Nielsen, you're looking at this situation being like, I'm never going to get credit, but I might on another staff. And so the idea is like, well, one of them might get hired and you offer the position to the other one. But what if they both say, you know what, no, like the, the grass greener over here and you lose both. I think that's a realistic possibility. And it would really, it would really throw a wrench into some of these offseason plans you have because you're now replacing our defensive line coach, secondary coach, and defensive coordinator. And man, it's it's tough to think that you'd want to do the co-coordinator deal if you end up you end up losing both in a situation like this. It yeah. it gives you like the worst case scenario of having the co-coordinator role leaving when you have a good defense and then both end up leaving for the full-time position instead of the co-position. But it you just, could hire a new secondary coach, a new defensive line coach, and then have a tri-defensive coordinator set up. Or, I mean, but the Saints the Saints could turn around too and then be like, hey, to either one of the, the, those guys and offer them the full-time, obviously, head, uh, the defensive coordinator position. But that that's the thing too. Do, does someone want to make their own stamp on things outside of Dennis Allen. Yeah. Here's the thing. Do you do that preemptively? Right? Yeah. To make sure you don't lose both? Or do you wait 
and offer it to who, if someone doesn't get, you know what I mean? Like that's where you are right now. And it's really awkward. It is, and it is I don't know what you do, right? Like, cause if you really want to keep Chris Bouchard, do you offer him the full role now and say, sorry, Ryan, <laughs> you know, go enjoy Minnesota. You basically would then guarantee you're losing one by sacrificing the chance of keeping both. I think they, you know really, I mean? they they have to come to those realizations, but yeah, to to me to lose both of them would be a a, a really it would be awful a big hit. Blow. But but like I said, I, really I, I would understand it for the fact that if I if both of them are like, well, we are under this defensive coach, we want to we want to go on to a more offensive team to kind of flex our defensive muscles. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is interesting, too, because the only one who never gets talked about is Michael Hodges. And I would argue that he's one of the better position coaches in terms of like the, the linebackers have always been a strength of this team. And they give them they give them almost nothing to work with. Like you, you, the fact that they spend a second round pick on a linebacker, you're like, wow, look at that. You know, like Caden Ellis was a seventh round draft pick. I do think it's interesting, though, because when you look at the last time the Saints didn't have a first round pick, they had one of their better drafts because they got Eric McCoy in the second then they didn't have a third because they traded up to get Eric McCoy and they drafted CJ Gardner Johnson in the fourth. And then I can't remember, they had like, I think it was like Saquon Hampton, a couple safeties that, that weren't very good, but then Caden Ellis in the seventh round. So like considering you didn't have a first round pick, that was a pretty, a great draft haul. So hopefully they can do that again. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the history of the, the number one pick, I don't know if it's been more good than bad kind of thing for the saints. I think the Saints have missed on more first-round picks than second-round picks in the last, like, 10 years. But they've had some pretty damn good ones, too, though. First-round picks? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Marshawn, Ryan, Cam. both the same year. I could argue Ingram. Alave seems pretty Cam good. Year. I would that, say that's Ingram more than a decade Cam. ago. We we have gone past the decade. We're talking about Cam and Mark. But they were still around. Sorry. No, they still I know, around but that though. doesn't make them any younger. No, there's, yes, they're still relevant, though. <laughs> They are, but I said a decade. I said a decade. We're cutting it off. We're old. Get it. They're old. We're old. I'm the same age as Mark Ingram. All right. You got anything else you want to throw out on Sean Payton? Because I'm tired of talking about him. <laughs> oh, yeah. You keep talking all this stuff with Senior Bowl. Why? Why is that so important? Like, is it like a Saints breeding ground of talent? Maybe. We're going to get into that in the next segment. Uh, keep it locked on Inside Black and Gold and hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And maybe even leave us a review between two and five stars. Don't do a one. All right, I'll stick around.